Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 447. Last week was my anniversary, 47 years. We went to this restaurant called Jeffrey's and I had a martini. It's the only place I have martinis. I had two of them, martinis. Amazing. I haven't been to this restaurant in four years, so I hadn't had a martini, maybe six years. Hadn't had a martini in all that time because there's a guy there who makes a martini that's great. So, I'm reading the New York Times. Of course, I'm in the style section. I get to, at the bar Hemingway in Paris, a clean, dirty exit. So what's happened is, this guy, for 30 years, this 34-seat bar in the Ritz-Carlton, the Ritz in Paris, the Ritz-Carlton in Paris, has been the home of this one bartender. And he's gonna quit now that he's 62. When you live in Paris, you quit things at 62. You think you're old. I think that's great. Okay, so everybody says, when you go to Paris, what do you have to do? They say, you can't miss Colin at the Hemingway Bar. Now I'm gonna miss him. I'm trying to go next year for um, my 70th birthday and I'm gonna miss Colin. I'm sick about it. He makes, he makes drinks for people. He makes specialized drinks for people, but everybody gets their glass frozen to nine below zero for a martini. And they're cloudy and they're wonderful. Little tiny, tiny, tiny pieces of ice. Two of my martinis over the past 30 years at Jeffrey's have been that good. Oh my gosh, and when they're that good, they're that good. Before that, I had one martini that good from a friend of mine named Kathy who had a shaker from the 1920s. It was filled with lead, it was poison, but it created a sensational martini. So this place, famous for it. And then what he's famous for is he makes ice cubes out of the, the juice from the olives. And he gets very expensive olives. He tastes them all the time. I think I can make a nice cube out of olive juice. I think I could I could start doing this. So so Kate Moss has been a big fan of his for years and years and years. She leaves all her items and he and he puts them on the bookshelf and everything. She started with him even before he went there when she was with Johnny Depp. They met in another bar. He's always wanted to work here. He spent his whole life this guy. I love this guy, Colin Field. He spent his whole life trying to get to this bar. And he got the job. And he won. He was beloved. He said, I love the Ritz and the Ritz loves me. He got everything he wanted. I mean, and now he's going to move on. He said that he had served everyone. And it was funny because um, Timothy Dalton, you know, one of the James Bonds, would come into his bar. And they had this in-joke all the time. And the in-joke was... He would say, what should I have? So he would make him a, he'd say, perhaps a dry martini, sir. Cute joke, right? And he would make him the most perfect martini. In my own little head, he said, I, I served James Bond. He said, I also served the captains of the USS Enterprise, several Batmans, and all the James Bonds. But his favorite one was, was this crazy guy, Pierce Brosnan, who is funny perhaps a martini. What should I drink? That is so cute. Okay, so 
that's a great story. And then he goes on to say that now he's left the Hem now he's left the Hemingway. We call it the Hemingway. If you go, you have to go and call it the Hemingway. His first person that he hired is going to take over from him. She's a woman and she's supposed to be fabulous. So I will go. And he now is doing um, special parties. He's got this new drink. It's a cocktail. I'm not going to do this. It's with meringue. I, I just can't stand bubbles and what do they call it? Foam and meringue. I think he's going, I think he should have stuck with martinis. And then he says, time to clear the tables and start again. James Bond gets two lives. He lets, gets to live twice, so, so do I. Okay, so when we go to Paris, we have got to, what's top on our list is to go to the Hemingway Bar. Okay, we can't miss it. Even though Colin's not there anymore, it's not too late. It's almost too late, but it's not too late. So then I get to the vows section, which is always my favorite. And this is adorable. So this guy, doctor, they have to tell us that, Ross Martin. Okay, so he was gonna have this drink with this woman that he met on Bumble. Everybody meets online. And he put a little chicken stew in his, in his slow cooker for two and a half hours. He planned to come back because he wanted to go straight to bed. He had a 4 a.m. for a surgery the next morning, okay? So he goes to the Barcelona bar, and in walks Jessica, Jessica Carter Altman. He threw all his plans out the window. I mean, they spoke so much that they couldn't order a drink in the first hour. They were talking that the waiter just kept, kept walking away. So she's fantastic. She felt the same way, that she was coming for a quick drink because she worked at a law office. Okay, and she had to had an early morning call too. So, their next stop was chicken and whiskey, a speakeasy, and after that, they moved to a rooftop, her, to the rooftop apartment of Miss Carter Altman's. It, she lives in the Logan Circle, which is a great place, and they shared a bottle of wine. Okay, so then she says to him, "I want you to play something for me. Pick pick something, you know, and uh, Alexis will play it." He picked Sinatra's Bewitched. She was hooked. Okay, so I'm thinking, he keeps talking about how gorgeous she is. I'm like, fine. So then you go on and you read that this person is Linda. Okay, so this is this is Linda Carter, the woman who played Wonder Woman. This is her daughter. Okay, so she is that gorgeous and she is that fantastic. So that night, after the guy leaves finally at six o'clock in the morning, she calls up her parents and the guy did not do his, he called in sick for, sick for his surgery. I feel sorry for his patient, but love is love. She calls up the mother at 6 a.m. and she says, Mom, and it's, it's Wonder Woman. She says, Mom, I think I might have met someone that you and Dad would actually like. So cute. So they go on and on and she actually wants to be a pop singer, right? So he tells her, go ahead and do it. Unfortunately, her father dies. Okay, this guy, this doctor dude, her boyfriend, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, can't function because she lost her husband. He takes over the family. He does everything he can to make everything perfect. Even the location of their wedding can be traced back to her father, Wonder Woman's husband. Several years ago on a trip to Lake Como, fabulous, the daughter and her father were strolling across the grounds of Villa Diesti, a hotel on the lake, I bet it was great. And after seeing, 
After the father saw a bride on the grounds, he asked his daughter if she would want to get married there. And she said yes. When she returned home, she talked to her boyfriend. He was her boyfriend at the time, told her the story. He clung to that and he made sure that they got married there. I mean, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, was probably crying her eyes out. That's a good story. That's a great story. I want Wonder Woman to be happy. Okay, this one was kind of crazy, but I liked it. This woman, I, I mean, I just, it says, my father taught me the benefits of a little delusion. Okay, I will read any story where it says my father, because I love my father, okay? So the first sentence of this is unbelievable. It goes, in, in 2015, at the height of my father's homelessness, he took me on a vacation. I'm in. I'm in. By height, I mean shelters were a thing of the past. He was living on the street and didn't even didn't have a car, so we took mine. They went south to the beach, and she had this habit of turning around when he would go into the hotel to, to, to check in. He took her on vacations before. Took her out to great meals. I mean, I love this guy. Sometimes the credit card would work and sometimes it wouldn't. Anticipating the embarrassment, she would turn her back and pretend to admire the, the wallpaper, whatever it was. This time the card was not declined. So they go in, he, he, he instantly transforms from a homeless person to a dad in a nice bathing suit. They go to the water, he's got a gin and tonic and he says to the waiter, keep him coming. And that's the vacation she has with her father. So what he taught her is to celebrate life, to celebrate any moment you can, you can possibly find. I just think this is so nice. She says, for the most part, my father's philosophy was that no matter how stable, life was meant to be celebrated. This struck me as profoundly Floridian. The existential equivalent of a hurricane party. When she was growing up, her dad was, he was, he was a car salesman and he was treated like dirt. Worked every single day of the week, 12 hours, and he'd lose his jobs for, because he was treated like dirt all the time. One time he punched his boss right in the nose for raising the sales target right after lunch. And it created so much instability in his home because he was gonna make some extra money. I get that. I totally get that. Every time he got fired, he would take his family on a vacation right away. Oh my gosh, this guy. So then, our suites had groomed lawns and tennis courts, he insisted upon it. Jacuzzi baths and, and silver buckets for ice, ice champagne. He would not stay in a hotel after he got fired that didn't have these accoutrements. His dad, then dad, the first minute they'd get in this room and the mom would be there, he would pop the cork of the champagne and he would let the cork ricochet over off the ceiling and bounce off the wall. My sister and I would search for it and he'd give a hundred dollars to whoever found the cork. I mean, that is actually, really, if you think about it, so profound. So beautiful. So this girl went on and lived her life like that. She calls it adaptive delusion that, that he taught her how to have the ability to have adaptive delusion. And it allows her to believe that she can survive on as little as $47,000 a year. 
as a single mother and writer in Manhattan. And she makes it every year. She also has a $120,000 student loan that she factors into how she does it, but she does it. So this vacation, by the time they got on their last vacation, right before he died, this is the one right before he died, he said to his daughter, they had their hardest conversation ever because she wanted to get him off the street. He said, because he was older and he was coughing a lot. She said, Daddy, please, please let me do something for you. He said, don't worry about me, pumpkin. I was in the service, in a pup tent, in the wilderness. This is no different. So she let it go. And so she said for three days on that vacation, that last one, we did what we always do. We ate key lamp pie. We woke up early. Oh, this is my favorite part. They looked for seashells, giving each other the most beautiful ones they found, like peace offerings. Oh my God, what a fantastic father. So after he died, his ashes were mailed back to her and she missed the day that they arrived. Oh, she had to, she got a little yellow card on her door and they had to run down and get the ashes the next day. We, okay, so this is what happened. In January, she finally was approved for a MasterCard with a $6,000 credit limit and a 29%, oh my God, fee. Okay, a miracle considering her low credit score and maxed out Visa and Amex. She didn't care. This was for her father. The MasterCard allowed her and her son to fly to Florida and search for the perfect, perfect spot for dad's ashes. We settled on a sunny patch of South Beach with gliding seagulls and cruise ships glowing gold in the distance. This would have not been the burial my father wanted. He had asked me to be laid to rest in a coffin, complete with the 21-gun salute. But I just didn't have the money. And it's not like Dad had burial insurance. He died with one possession, a can of Armor Treat Luncheon Loaf. So what happened was she and her son, oh, I'm gonna cry. Water up to their waist, she held her son and the two of them sprinkled dad's ashes into the ocean. We said our final goodbye, then headed back to the hotel that we couldn't afford just in time for happy hour. Oh my God, she lived her life just beautifully. Okay, so I've got only one obituary this time, but this woman, her name is Cynthia Weil, and she wrote on Broadway, the George, Gen you know, I can't sing, okay. And the Righteous Brothers, you've lost that loving feeling. Okay, she died at 82, which is kind of sad. And anyway, she was in direct competition with Carol, Carol King for writing songs. She and her husband, who was black, and Carol King and her husband, they were very good friends and in complete competition at all times. In fact, in Carol King's musical, Beautiful, is the title. On Broadway, a lot of the story is about the four of them and the competition that they had to have the number one hit. I think that's great. So she also wrote, you're my soul and my inspiration. I can't say. Okay, so then she wrote, we gotta get out of this place and for the Righteous Brothers, but they did a terrible job of it. Eric Bird, Burden of the Animals took it over and it became a huge hit. Oh my gosh. So then, you know, in the song, this is, Carol King loved this song. She loved the lyrics, she loved the artistry of this Cynthia 
because she saw a world that Carol never never saw because she wasn't um, raised well she was raised pretty nicely but she she saw things and she felt things and the lyrics lyrics of this song go um, in we've got to get out of this place in this dirty old part of the city where the Sun refused to shine people tell me there ain't no use in trying to make it shine I think that's great okay just a little lovin', she wrote that for Dusty Springfield. I have never heard it, but everybody said it was a huge hit, so I'm gonna listen to it. Just a little lovin', we gotta check it out, okay? So then she wrote for Dolly Parton. This girl was all over the map. She and her husband, Barry Mann. They wrote, here you come again for Dolly Parton. And then she wrote for the Pointer Sisters, he's so shy. She just goes on and on and she she just goes from one genre to the other. Wow. So then, she said you kind of, oh, so this is the best part of her. This is why I love her, love her, love her, love her. Because she never stopped writing. And she said to all these guys who said, hey, you're not cute anymore, you're like 65. She said to them, there's no reason a person shouldn't write better 20 years after they start. And there's no reason why they can't even write better than that 40 years after they start. She's right. She said, you just have to stick around through the trends. You have to live through bubblegum and disco and everything else. And then you can call yourself a creative survivor. So she did all that. So then she wrote the song Broadway, which was my favorite. George, let me see if I can get her to play it. Alexa, off. Alexa, Alexa, play George Benson's Broadway. On Broadway by George Benson on, on Amazon Music. Here it comes. Right, right, this is it. Alexa, volume up. Okay, she wrote this. They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. They say there's always magic in the air. But when you're walking down the street and you ain't had enough to eat, the glitter rubs off ah. on Broadway. I'm gonna do it, I, I know I can't sing. They say there's ma magic in the air. I'm botching it, I know. Okay, here we go. When you're walking down the street See, I'm keeping it quiet You ain't had it I'm terrible The glitter rubs off you Nowhere Okay, right? That's great Okay And it was, it was she That crafted this whole life For herself She's the one She wanted to get a partner And she wanted to find Barry Mann She'd seen him around he wasn't her husband yet, she didn't know him. So she went up to the producer and she said, hey, listen, Don Kirchner at the Brill Building, I need a partner. I need someone to write with. And she thought for sure that he would put her up with, with uh, Barry Mann because there was no one else in town. So Kirchner goes, okay, you got it. You got it, I'll get you the best. She's like, great. She goes home, she gets all dressed up for the meeting with this, and he is cute. You should see his picture. He is really cute. So she gets all dressed up to meet Mr. Man, knowing it's Mr. Man. She walks in and guess who it is? Carol King. She's like, oh my God. She says this in a quote. Oh, what a drag. I don't want to have to write with this, that chick. But it worked out just fine. Carol didn't want to write with her either when she got a load of that expression. So the two of them parted ways. And then she went back to Mr. Kirshner and she said, hmm, didn't work out with that woman. Do you think you could find someone else? And he did. 
he found Barry Mann. And they had years and years and years and years and years of collaboration and love. So it's beautiful. That's my story. So I know this music is great, right? I wish I could sing like that. Anyway, it was a great week. Great week for music, great week for Cynthia. Well, not a great week for Cynthia. I mean, actually, her tribute was great. And she was only 82 when she died, which seems very, very young to me now. So, but look at what she did. So anyway, stay sane and I will be back.